Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. into the doctrine of eschatology. You guys remember what that is? It's the doctrine of last things, right? And I've received a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of feedback from all of you guys concerning the doctrine of last things, concerning the end times, concerning the rapture, concerning the resurrection, concerning what heaven, and I, and I guess all that uh, came as a result of me preaching what the Bible has to say about heaven. I did that one several weeks back. Uh, and so that's kind of created a lot of interest. And so I'm just going to park there for a little while and start sharing with you. Last week we talked about what does the Bible say about the end times and answering the question, are we in the end times? So that's up on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that, uh, the teachings on that. Today, as a result of your feedback, the question is, what does the Bible have to say about the rapture? Several of you have, have reached out to me concerned and asking questions about the rapture, which is the calling out of the church, which is the very next prophetic event that is on the calendar that will be taking place. Now, let me ask you a question. See if you were paying attention last week. Do we know when this event's going to take place? Does anybody know? So anybody that says they do know, what do you do? You walk away quietly, right? Just back up. Walk away, be nice, be cordial. They don't know, right? Any preacher you hear that says, hey, I know the date, do not drink the Kool-Aid. Are you with me? Get it? Good, okay? So that, no one knows, okay? The object of the lesson is to be ready. Because we don't know. Matter of fact, last week I shared with you also, <clears throat> whenever we talk about the doctrine of eschatology, I shared with you panology. Do you guys remember what that is? Have a relationship with the Lord where that needs to be, and it will what? All pan out in the end, okay? So you really don't have to worry about a lot of this stuff. Just know that you have a relationship with Christ, and everything will pan out in the end and you're going to be okay. So don't let this stuff scare you. Don't don't worry and fret. Don't lose any sleep over it um, because you're going to be okay, I promise you, as long as you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So I want to get to this question. Before I even unpack a little bit of what the Bible has to say about the rapture, I'm a bottom line kind of guy. Uh, I'm a cookies on the bottom shelf kind of guy. I'm going to share with you a lot of scripture. I'm going to share with you a lot of things that may or may not interest you. I know it's going to interest some because you asked me to speak on it. But this may not interest some of you. And you may be sitting there, so what? What's the big deal as you twirl your hair, right? I haven't done that in many years, but maybe some of you have. So what? Here's the so what. The so what of everything I'm going to say is to be ready. Just simply be ready. Okay? Get it? 
All right, let's jump right into this, okay, as we talk a little bit about the rapture. So the first thing I want you to see, actually I want to back up here and I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture. In your notes, I put in there for you a lot of different things, a lot of Scripture references. You can take this and, and this will guide you to a lot deeper study uh, on this particular topic that you can do in your own personal time. I'm not going to have time to drill down on everything that's mentioned here or all this Scripture. I'm not going to have time time to unpack that and, and read it all, but I wanted to put the references in your hands so you would have it if you want to drill down a little more and unpack this a little more as you talk about the rapture. So the rapture, although the event is alluded to often throughout scripture, there's really only three passages of scripture <clears throat> that unpack somewhat in detail, not complete detail, that gives us a little view of what's going to take place with the rapture. And those three verses of Scripture are First Thessalonians 4, verse 13 through 17. I will be reading some of that. First Corinthians 15 and Revelation chapter <clears throat> number 4. Okay? So these are the three primary Scriptures. Whenever you're studying or thinking about the rapture, here are your go-to Scriptures. Okay? These are the three primary passages of Scripture that deal with the rapture, and really that's all we know about it, okay? Uh, a lot of folks have made movies and written books and multiple series of books all based around the rapture, but I want, you to, I want to tell you that probably 90% of all of that material is just what they think may happen and take place because all we really know are what these three passages of Scripture teach us and tell us about the rapture, okay? And you know me, if you don't have chapter and verse for it, don't bank on it, okay? Are you with me? So I want us to look, first of all, if you will, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. And, um, and Byron, you're going to have to chase me as I jump around. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I should have the Scripture there for you. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 15. It says, brothers, I tell you this, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the blink of an, of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. Then he goes on to talk about how the corruptible is going to be clothed with incorruptibility and the mortal must be clothed with immortality. And it goes on and on. Okay, But what I want you to see here is the event that's going to take place called the rapture. Now turn if in, also in your Bibles in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. As you're turning there, let me make reference again back in Corinthians. I want you to notice that he said this is going to happen in the blink of an eye. Okay? The rapture, the event itself is going to, what is it? Someone did a study one time, the blink of an eye is one one-thirtieth of a second. I believe is what the study came out. That's pretty quick, right? Boom, that fast, it's over, it's done, it's gone. That's how fast it's going to happen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, we do, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, concerning those who are asleep or those who have died, so that you would not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For, for we say this to you by revelation from the Lord, 
we who are alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who've fallen asleep. Now, what he's simply saying here is that the rapture, whenever the Lord does come, those of us who are alive, he says, simply says, we're not going to have any advantage over those who have died before us that have died in Christ. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16, here we go. Verse 16 and 17 is your reference for the rapture. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Everybody say first. Who's rising first? The dead in Christ. Those that have preceded us in death. Scripture says they will rise first. Verse 17 now, or for those of us that are alive, then we... Who are still alive will be called up together. I want to draw your attention to this verse of scripture. The second word, we. You see, the apostle Paul, whenever he was penning these words to the churches of Thessalonica, he included himself in the rapture. So even in the penning of the word of God, Paul thought the rapture was very near. Okay? So we don't know when it's going to take place, but I want you to see how Paul included himself in the writings here. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together. Now, that term right there is where we get the word rapture. You can get your thesaurus out and your dictionary out and your, you, you can search forever for the word rapture in the Bible. You will not find it. You will not find the word rapture in scripture okay but you will find the event the snatching away the calling up and here it is they will be caught up the snatching away will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet who to meet the lord in the air now who is it that's coming for the saints it's, it's the Lord, right? It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself that is coming to receive us and to bring us into his presence. He's not commissioning an angel. He's not sending a prophet. He himself is coming. Matter of fact, there's a reference to that over in the book of Acts, and I'll get there in just a moment. But I want you to see this. Verse 17, that we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. And then verse number 18 tells us to do something with this knowledge that we have. What is verse 18 saying? I, I'm sorry, Byron, I don't have it there. It says to encourage one another with these words. Okay? So there should be some encouragement taking place as we deal with this passage. Now, there is a common theme in all three of these passages of Scripture. There's a common theme that's referenced in all three of these. I just want to put a spotlight on it for just a moment and then back out of it. But I want you to see the common theme is a trumpet. Okay? There is going to be the trump of God. There's going to be the sound of a trumpet that is going to take place. Now, let me educate you a little bit. And I put this in your notes intentionally so you would have it. I want you to look in the Bible. Whenever trumpets were used back in the biblical days, they were used for four specific purposes. Okay? Anytime trumpets were used in that day and age, in that time when the scripture was being written, they were used for a reason. Four reasons only that trumpets were used. 
I want you to see how all four of these can be factored into the event of the rapture, the calling out of the church or the believers. Look at those real quickly in your sermon notes. First of all is to proclaim victory. Trumpets were brought out to proclaim victory. Whenever the rapture takes place, there will be victory over the world that's going to be announced by the church, right? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We're going to have victory over death, sin, hell, and the grave. We're going to live victoriously over all of that whenever the rapture takes place. The second event that they used the trumpets for was to call an assembly of a people together. So they would go out and they would blow their trumpet and they knew that was to bring the assembly together. The trump of God's going to sound to bring the assembly of the church of all believers Past, present, future, all together to assemble themselves together to meet the Lord in the air. Now, I want you to notice also, at this coming, second coming, when Jesus comes for his church, he's coming in the air. He's not going to put his foot on the mountain. There's scripture that alludes to that, but that's the second advent. That is not the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming this time. He'll be in the air. The church, by the way, whenever I say church, I'm not talking about victory church. I'm not talking about any specific denomination. I don't care where you worship on Sunday or Saturday. What I do care about is if you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as you have that, then you are part of the church. Are you with me? Okay, so that's what's going to be called out. The saints are going to be called out. So this calling of this assembly was the second reason that a trumpet was used. The third reason that a trumpet was used was to announce a warning. Okay, the trumpets were used to announce a warning. Now, there's going to be a warning that's going to be announced to the world at the rapture of the church. What is that? Judgment is near. And you can see that unpacked in the doctrine of eschatology as well. And we may get into some of that I know we will because that's some questions that some of you had about the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. We'll unpack those in the near future, okay? The number four reason that a trumpet was used was to call the troops to battle, okay? So there's going to be this angelic troops that are going to be summoned to battle to get prepared for the second advent, the judgment that's going to come and take place. So you can see all of that wrapped up in, in the rapture. Now, I've got to move quick, Okay? I get bogged down real easy in some of these places, and if I do that, once again, we're going to be here forever, okay? So my goal from this part forward until the end is simply, and this is what I love when a teacher told me this when I was in college, I'm just going to give you the blanks, the words to fill in the blanks, okay? So really, that's what I'm going to focus on now. So you leave here, and the blanks in your sermon notes are filled in, and you can go drill down deeper. I'll park a little bit along the way to hopefully shine some light on this. So the the topic of what I'm going to be sharing with you now, I want you to understand, it's in your sermon notes as well. The phrase is, when the trumpets fade, okay? When the trumpets fade, our Lord will have, and what I'm going to share with you are some things that will have transpired when the, when the sound of the trumpet fades from our ears. Okay? Now, how, how quick is this going to take place? In a blink of an eye, right? I mean, super, super fast. There's going to be the shout. By the way, it's hard for me not to mention some of this stuff. Go study. Go study every time Jesus stood and shouted 
something miraculously took place. They're defined all through Scripture. You know what happened every time Jesus stood and shouted? Someone that had died came back to life. You know what Jesus is going to do in the rapture? He's going to shout, right? And the church, those that have died in Christ Jesus, are going to come back to life. That's a rabbit. I shouldn't have chased that, but I just want to throw it in there so you'd have it, okay? So when the trumpets fade, here's what I want you to see. Fill this in, if you will, please. Our Lord will have returned. He will have returned to fulfill his promise and his purpose. Well, what is his promise? Do you know what the promise is? What's the promise? You remember back in John 13 when all the trouble was taking place? You remember in John 14 when Jesus recognized that the trouble was taking place? And he said this to his people, to his disciples. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Here comes the promise. I will what? Come again and receive you unto myself that where I am There you may be also. Folks, that's the rapture. Whenever the rapture takes place, it's simply just Jesus fulfilling his promise of what he told us that he was going to to prepare and what he was going to do. He was fulfilling his promise. The return of Jesus is simply just fulfilling the promise. Revelation 22.20 simply says, He who testifies about these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, the angels come to the disciples. This is at the ascension of Jesus Christ. When he's ascending back up to the Heavenly Father after his 40 days of being seen after the resurrection. Are you with me? You know what's transpiring in Acts 1? Jesus has died. He's been crucified. He was buried. Third day, he resurrects. He doesn't disappear. He walks the earth for 40 days, right, in his glorified body. There's some things he's doing in that body that we're going to have a body likened into the body of Christ. That's in your sermon notes. Don't know that I'm going to get there, but that's a great study as well. We're going to have a glorified body likened unto the Lord. And then he ascends up to heaven, where now he's seated by the right hand of God the Father. And everybody's standing there just gazing up into the heavens. Maybe sometimes we do that in our Christian life, just gaze. God don't want you to stand around and gaze. Hello? He wants you to be busy about evangelism. He wants you to be busy about the ministry. He wants you to be busy in fulfilling the mission that he's called you, the purpose that he has for you, the plan that he has for you. So he sent two angels. said, go tell those guys to get busy doing what I've called them to do. And so the angels came to these guys. Hey, why are you standing around gazing? Right? This same Jesus, this is Acts 1, this same Jesus which is taken up from you shall, shall so come again, and he himself is going to come again and receive you unto himself. I love that passage. This same Jesus who you've seen taken up is going to come again. So he's coming to fulfill his promise, and he's coming to fulfill his purpose, and his purpose is simply so that we will be with him forever. Yeah, that's what he said in John 14. I can't, I can't unpack that anymore. i got to move. When the trumpets fade, number two, all the departed believers will have been resurrected. Write that down. All the departed believers will have been resurrected. Now, I want you to see their present condition, and then I want you to see their promised completion. Okay, so write that down in your sermon notes, and I give you the scripture for all of this. It's talking about when the trumpet fades, when the rapture has taken place, 
Scripture tells us that all departed believers will have been resurrected. Now, this I alluded to earlier in 1 Thessalonians 4. Okay, For those that have died in Christ Jesus, Scripture says that the dead in Christ will rise first. So when someone dies in Christ Jesus, their soul and their spirit is immediately with the Father. Okay, they're immediately in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're immediately with him. Now, the body rests there waiting for the rapture or the resurrection of the body to be reunited with that soul and that spirit. And that's what's taking place here in this particular passage of Scripture. So their present condition of former believers that have died in Christ Jesus, their present condition is that they are dead, they're in the grave, but the grave tombs are opening up first, and they are going to be reunited with their spirit. And then there's their promised completion. In 1 Corinthians 15, in verse number 52, it says, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, there's a key word here, incorruptible. Now, that's a great study. What type of a body? You remember, guys, I tell you all the time, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be like... Now, I grew up with cartoons on Saturday morning. Did you guys grow up with cartoons on Saturday morning? I mean, you had to watch them early because my dad usually had me down at the barn or out there in the pasture. And we had, we had some land and had some cattle and some horses and things. He had me always doing something. So if I watched a cartoon, I had to watch it really early. Then it was out to work. But I remember the, the cartoon, and I believe, I may be wrong, but I think this was primarily in black and white. Maybe it was color. You guys remember the cartoon of Casper, the friendly ghost? Right? You guys remember that? Who remembers that? Yeah, everybody, most of you. Now, you younger generation, you've watched that on the reruns of Nickelodeon or something like that. or I, I don't know what that TV channel is. But listen, whenever we die and go to heaven... We're just not going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost floating around on a cloud playing a harp singing Kumbaya. No. We've got a mission. We've got a plan. We're going to have a physical body that's going to be incorruptible. That's going to live forever for a hundred million years plus for all eternity with the Lord. So this incorruptible body is going to come forth and that's the promise completion that's going to take place when the trumpets fades at the resurrection now the third thing i want you to see when the trumpet fades is that all living believers will have been raptured okay so the dead in christ are going to rise first we that are alive and remain are going to be called up now i've already read the scripture for you for that in first corinthians 15 first thessalonians 4 and then in Revelation 4, we're going up, okay? So I want you to see here that this is when all living believers will have been raptured instantaneously. Boom. At the blink of an eye, we are going to be called up with the Lord in the air. And that's what's being unpacked in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the chaos on that day? For those that are not ready, that's why I said, just be ready. Everything's going to be okay if you'll just be ready. That's all you've got to be responsible for. Just be ready. Everything will be okay if you're ready. However, for those that are not ready, can you imagine the chaos on that day? All babies are gone. They're with the Lord. All children are gone. They're with the Lord, Right? Till they come to the age of accountability, they're, they're with the Lord. A lot of husbands are going to be missing. A lot of wives are going to be missing. 
A lot of pilots that are piloting these planes are going to be missing. A lot of cars are going to be going down the freeway unmanned. A lot of trains that are on our tracks, completely engineers, gone. Can you imagine the chaos on that day? Can you imagine the horrific events? Could you imagine watching TV and all of a sudden the news announcer that's sitting there behind the desk or out on the street with a microphone and they know Christ is their Savior? Boom, gone, microphone. You talk about a mic drop? That's a mic drop. However, you don't want to be around to see it, okay? You don't want to experience what's going to take place when this, when really, and I'm saying this very respectfully, when all hell breaks loose on earth, you don't want to be there, right? And I could go further in teachings there and show you how there's going to be chaos all over the world, and it's going to take a world leader to stand up and have the attention, the voice of the entire world. That's a whole nother sermon, But that leads us into the Antichrist. And I don't even have time to unpack that today. But we're talking about the rapture. Friends, don't be part of this being left behind. Now let me say something right here. Simply, the only reason I'm going to allude to this is because there have been many series of books that have been written and movies that have been made about those that have been left behind. Let me say this. There is no second chance... To accept Christ as your Savior after the rapture. I don't care what they do in Hollywood. I don't care what the novels and the books and the best-selling books say. If you have had an opportunity to accept Christ prior to the rapture, then Scripture teaches, and I can give you chapter and verse for this, That God will then send a strong delusion to mankind and you will believe a lie and you will be damned. The only ones that will be able to come out of the tribulation, and they're called the tribulation saints, are those who have never heard the gospel and they're hearing it for the very first time during that tribulation period. Those individuals will be saved. So my point is, you can't sit here and just say, well, I'll just wait for that to unfold. When it happens, then I'll pray and ask God to forgive me. It's too late, honey. You've missed it. Okay? That's why I just want you to be aware that you've got to be ready. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to be a pastor to you and share with you what the Bible's teaching about the topic of the rapture. I am not an alarmist. You guys know that. But I want to unpack what Scripture says about that. So we've got to be ready because that's going to happen real quickly. Number four is this. When the trumpets fade, all the believers will have been resurrected. All the believers will have been, I'm sorry, reconstructed. Here's where I want to to unpack this for just a moment. These saints who have died in the grave and we who have gone up in the air, there's going to be a reconstruction process that's going to take place Concerning your entire body. I don't know about you, but I look in the mirror some mornings. I think, man, there's a whole lot of reconstruction that needs to take place on that body. Talking about mine, right? You know that's going to take place one day? You know that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the rapture? Because that belly, I'm going to have a body like a Jesus, right? He had to be buff. To endure and do all that he did? To go through what he went through? 
Listen, the Bible says that this, this, this body of corruption is going to be raised incorruptible. Okay? Immortality is going to take place. We're going to be reconstructed. And that's what I want you to see. Physically, perfectly, and permanently, we're going to have a body likened unto the body of Jesus. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 53. It says, for this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal must be clothed with immortality. All believers are going to be changed physically, right? When we get to heaven in our glorified bodies made into the image of Jesus Christ, the body's going to have no more death, no more decay, no more disease, no more disabilities. We are going to have a perfect body in the presence of our Lord. So all believers are going to be changed physically. They're going to be perfect. Now, did I put this in your notes? Yes, I did. Because I want you to get this. Oftentimes, many of you have come and said, what kind of body are we going to have? If we're not going to be Casper the Friendly Ghost floating around on the cloud, what kind of body are we going to have? Scripture talks about what kind of body we're going to have. Now, put it in your notes for you so you would have that. What we know that we're going to have a body likened unto the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to have a glorified body. So if we want to know what kind of body we're going to have, we've got to look at what kind of body Jesus had on those 40 days that he walked the earth after the resurrection and was seen by countless hundreds of individuals after the resurrection. There were those eyewitnesses that saw him walking around in this body we're going to have a body likened unto that look at them real quickly and i'm not even going to read the scripture i just want to draw your attention to it so you see it in your notes number one we're going to have a body that's not bound by time or space let that sink in you remember a while back several weeks back i was teaching you the disciples after the uh after the um after the crucifixion and Right at the resurrection time when Jesus came out of the tomb, they're locked away in a room and they shut and locked the door because they were afraid. And all of a sudden the doors are bolted locked. They're in a walled room. All of a sudden Jesus appears. So he had a glorified body that's not bound by time or space. Study that one a little bit. And we're also going to have a body that we enjoyed food and fellowship. Right? That's why we try our best to get you ready for heaven around here every single week. It's good to have food. All right? I've seen some of the old stick in the muds. Oh, I don't believe you should eat. I don't believe you should eat at church. You should just go to church and get spiritual. You shouldn't be eating anything. Why? We're going to be eating in heaven. Hello? We're going to have fellowship in heaven. So we're going to have a body likened unto the Lord. And you'll see in Luke 24 that he enjoyed some food. Right? You see, we're going to be eating? Yeah, we're going to have food and fellowship. Matter of fact, Scripture talks about this Marriage Supper of the Lamb, this feast that's going to be spread out for us, good stuff. We're going to have a body also that never dies, Hebrews 7. We're going to have a body also that shines with heavenly brilliance. You think my head is shining now? You just wait, honey. This body's going to shine with some heavenly brilliance. And that's all of us as believers. So I just want to throw that in your notes there. And we're going to be permanent. Permanent. For hundreds of millions of years, and I hate to even use that analogy because it's just for all eternity, right? There is really no time there. So let me give you one last one here, and then I'll try to wrap it up. When the trumpets fade, I want you to see this. All believers will be enjoying 
a reunion with their loved ones that have died in Christ and with the Lord. Oh, what a happy day that's going to be. Think about that. And I know with us just having the funeral service for Jeff, but all these things that I've been mentioning, Jeff has already been experiencing a lot of that. Right? And one day... There's going to be a reunion in heaven. I, I hope I am there. There's going to be a lot of people there. But I hope I'm there to see the day that Jeff plants another kiss on Nancy's cheek when we all get to heaven. Amen? Are you not looking forward to that? What a glad day it's going to be. Right? So church, all I want you to do is be ready. Have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ before the trumpet fades. Before the trumpet fades. Have a relationship with him. I'm going to ask the band to come. I'm done. That's a little bit about the rapture. There's a whole lot more I could drill down into, but I just want to put it in your notes and let you unpack that a little more. Just be ready. Let's get back to the so what question. I'm a very practical guy, and I'd like to leave you here with some application, and here it is. So what? I've shared with you all of this. So what does that mean to me? It just means simply to be ready, right? Have a relationship with the Lord. And I want to ask you a question. Do you know him? I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking are your good works outweighing your bad works. I'm not asking have you been baptized or do you take communion. I'm not even asking if you're a church member. Because at the end of the day, none of those things really matter. What does matter is that you know that you're born a sinner. That Jesus lived a sinless life. That God sent his only son to die on the cross for you and for me. And there, Scripture says that Jesus, that God placed upon Jesus the iniquity or the sins of us all. Jesus bore your sin debt on Calvary and mine. He was buried. He rose again victoriously the third day. If we will repent of our sins and ask Christ into our heart and believe in the person of Jesus Christ, then we will be ready. So my question is, have you done that? If you haven't, today's the day. I don't know when this event's going to take place. Nobody knows. But it's the next prophetic event to take place. So we need to be ready. Paul thought it was going to take place in his day when he was penning the scripture. I may see it in my day. I have no idea. But I know this. I am ready. I am ready. Can you say that? If you can't, today's the day to make preparation. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm going to pray with you. Then Tyler will dismiss us in a song. Father, thank you so much for our time together today. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they invite you into their heart and they trust you as their Savior. Finger around in their spirit. Help them to know without a shadow of a doubt that all is well. Help them to repent of their sins and ask you into their heart. Father, for the rest of us, help us to be ready every day. Help us to be living our life in a way that if you were to come that very moment, we're ready. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the scripture that's there for us to unpack and and how we can learn a lot about what God's word has to say about the end time and Thank you for the interest of our church family that have sent me text messages or emails asking about these subjects. 
I just pray, Lord, that through this series that we would all have a better understanding of what your word teaches. Bless us this day. Thank you for this Memorial Day weekend. Those that have given their lives sacrificially, we thank you. We pray you continue to bless America. We ask you to bless our leaders at every level. Keep us safe. Be with our troops in harm's way. Bring them home safely. Keep us safe this weekend. Help us to honor and worship you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.